Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a program coming to you going up on a Tuesday. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places are listed to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She went to a college. Can you guess which one it is? She's Miss 305. She's Ashley Pickle. Oh. Hi. Hi. Because we got a thing tonight, right? Or y'all have a thing. I ain't going. Yeah. Um, it's actually really cool. Well, do you want me to do that now or would we wait? We can do it in final thoughts. Okay. That's what we call a lateral tease. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022, 359 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Brian Baumgartner. Do you know who Brian Baumgartner is? I don't. Yes, you do. Who? It's Kevin. Oh, wow. That's cool. Kevin of Kevin's Famous Chili. Amazing. Um, it's also Robert, uh, Robert Vandermeer's birthday. Happy birthday, Robert. Uh, it's episode 1506. We got you this episode for your birthday. Uh, on today's show, folks, we're going to count down the five biggest college football plays of the weekend. F- five big college football moments, I should say, because they're not all plays. Moments of the weekend. Then we'll talk with the Hall of Famer Craig Way. Texas High School Hall of Famer joins us. We're going to talk a little bit about the regional finals and all of that implies. And then we're going to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. So a nice, beefy, meaty, chonky. Okay, we'll do Coach of the Week too. Chonky show. Chonky. Here on Texas Football Today. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Nick Morton, Ed McElroy, Tony Blaylock, and Coach Terry Crawford. Big game. Big game, buddy. Big game against Erion County. I'm nervous. They're on a. They are on a heater right now. Erion County's no joke. Abbott has given us nothing to question, though. You're right. You know, last week was the first time they didn't 45 a team. Abbott. See, that seems pretty good. Yeah, but Erion County's on a heater. So come on, coach. I mean, this is this is tough because it's two Texas football today's own, mm-hmm. right? We did just have the Erion County coach on. Yeah. Someone so. comments in his first four through the door all the time, though. So mm, it's tough. This is like this is like the TFT bowl. It's it tough. <laughs> who who gets our affection? Fight for our affection on Friday, Friday night, uh, Saturday, Saturday and early, six o'clock. Anyway, 
All right, Pickle, let's talk a little college football. It's the last week of the college football season writ large uh, for, like, the last big week. We've got championship week this week, and then we've got Army-Navy week, and then it's bowl season. Uh, but this is, in a lot of ways, the end of the line for the college football season. And as a result, we're going to count down the five biggest moments of the final weekend of college football across the state of Texas, at least from a large scale, starting with number five. Now you're sitting here at third and 13, putting it on your quarterback's shoulders. All kinds of time, shaping it, picked off at the 40, and it's coming back the other way. Jalen Ford with his fourth play by Jalen Ford. They run it around the end. Johnson leads the defender. Touchdown. Airborne. Johnson. Defense fuels offense as Texas storms past Baylor. Uh, I thought this was actually a really impressive and kind of like kind of leave no doubt win for 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 Texas. They they that's not to say they did not fart around, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that Baylor didn't have stomach for the fight. But I thought that this was an extremely impressive performance from Texas overall. Specifically, like you know the the big buzzword is complimentary football. I feel like they played complimentary football. What you saw there. Texas takes the lead, and then they come up with a big stop by Jalen Ford on the on the on the um, on the uh, interception, his fourth interception of the year. So I was listening to this on the radio, listening to Craig, who we'll talk to in a minute, call it, and he like exclaimed, he was like, "There's your Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year, I dare say, or something like that." And I think I agree. I think Jalen Ford's the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Twelve. He's been really, really good this year, um, and then you see they they go to the they go to the Wildcat and, and Rashawn Johnson punches it in for a, for a, for a big win uh, for basically a game ceiling uh, win uh, touchdown. I thought what you saw from Texas was about like I thought that was about the optimal offensive game plan. Quinn Ewers throws the ball sixteen times, Bijan Robinson carries it thirty times, and. Then and they spread the ball around. Xavier Worthy had a big game, et cetera, et cetera. But they did their damage on the ground with Bijan Robinson, Rashawn Johnson, et cetera. Um, it wasn't perfect for Texas. They finished eight and four. I. It could have been better. We'll do post mortems for all these teams. It could have been better, but I think for eight, I think this is an important step forward for Texas. Mm-hmm. For Baylor, I think six and six is a little disappointing. Yeah, I would um, definitely consider that disappointing. I think it's a little disappointing, um, but. I think if you're talking about Texas, I think you've got to be pretty pleased with how this worked out. I was going to say for Baylor, I think we expected them to be down a, down as a phrase of compared to where they were last year because they lost so many key yes. parts. But then they had a really good – it was like, oh, flashes of, oh, hey, they might still contend. And then it was kind of like mm, – Yeah, exactly. They? I know. We'll do postmortems in this, but I thought this was an impressive win for Texas to close out the regular season. Number four. First and ten. You're going to launch this one. Well, Harris is in trouble. Throws it up. Ogle Kellogg is there. He's got the football inside the 10. He'll take it for six. Touchdown, Roadrunner. 70 yards. Frank Harris leads UTSA's improbable rally past UTEP. UTSA was down 
17 points in this game. They were down, I'm sorry, they were down 24 points. Yeah, I was like, it was more than 17. Game. They were down 24 nothing with 7.03 left in the second quarter. They scored the final 20 points of the game. Jared Sackett kicked a 28-yard field goal with four seconds left to win it. But that right there, that last play of the third quarter, that's the play of the game. That's the play of the game because it tied the game, and at that point, I had no doubt who was winning that game. I really didn't. Yeah, UTEP drove down, threw an interception. They traded punts. But at that point, there was no doubt that Frank Harris was in his bag and they were going to come away with a win. They were going to find a way. Um, it's disappointing for UTEP because they, they let a big lead slip away that would have gotten them bowl eligible. I don't know the status of Dana Dimmel. It will be very interesting to see what the status of Dana Dimmel is going forward. Uh, he could have used that win. I'll say that, that, that for darn sure. But for UTSA, another 10-win season, 10-2, and two, and uh, they were already going to the conference championship game, but now they are rolling into it and feeling pretty good. I said it yesterday, and I'll say this again. I don't know if there is a more valuable player Mm-mm. to their team, certainly in Texas and maybe in the nation, than Frank Harris is to UTSA. It has been... It is truly it is crazy night and to day. watch. It is night and day because he went out of this game for a little bit, and they bring in Eddie Lee Marburger, and the offense just like it just crumbles. They 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 got nothing. No, because I mean I was I I was keeping I didn't watch that game live, but I was keeping up with it on my phone. And yeah, we looked down, and it was like, wait, how is how is UTSA down this much? And then we were like, oh, Frank Harris got hurt, and it was like, well, that's gonna that's gonna be it. And then all of a sudden, it's like UTSA's tied, and I was like, oh my god, is ELM cooking? And then it was, oh no, no Frank Harris is back. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Spe- it was it was wild, and and a really a great way to end the regular season for UTSA as they roll into the conference championship game. Number three, LSU, and now an unexpected score to start the fourth quarter. Upset-minded Aggies up a touchdown on number five. And how about four? Moose Muhammad, one-hander, my oh my! Want to see talent? How about Moose Muhammad? It's like I said. I mean, it's perfect coverage. I mean, it's just not much more you can do defensively. But Muhammad just shields off Sage Ryan with his right arm and reels it in with his left. I mean, that's just ridiculous concentration. Wigman's dime and Moose's circus catch headline AM Shocker versus LSU. That's one of the plays of the year. Oh, my God. That's an incredible catch. I mean, he had his right arm completely trapped. Completely trapped. That was, yeah. that was insane. To haul that in. That's also an incredible throw from Connor Wigman. Oh, yeah, because he put it in front of him. Had that been two inches further behind him, there's no way with one no. hand that you can haul that in. No, that is a perfect pass and a perfect catch. As A&M beats LSU, because of course they do. Like, I found myself, and I wonder if A&M fans are feeling this way. I found myself so frustrated watching that game. Because where was this all year long? Now, I understand that they were banged up. I understand that they got relatively healthy for this game. And that helps. But that's a top five team in the nation. And you you beat them and you rush the field <laughs> to finish five and seven. Like, I am 
I felt like I, 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 I'm obviously that's that's great for AM to win that game, and I think it's important for them heading into the offseason where there were a lot of questions about who was going to be there and who wasn't going to be there. Right? That's an important win for them as far as the overall health of the program. It just makes me so mad. You know what is? I'm the- so mad. Where was this all year? Where was this against App State? They they have five wins on the year, okay. Mm-hmm. Two of them are over teams that were like highly ranked. I don't remember where Arkansas was ranked. Obviously, Arkansas kind of fell off a cliff, but like they were ranked at the time. And they also have a loss to like App State and headless Auburn. Like, I was so mad. I was like, come on, guy, where was this all year? It's obviously, you're capable of it. I don't know. It really frustrated me watching that game. I'm glad they won, but, like, where was this all year? Well, do you want to know what the funniest part about all of this, or maybe not funny, but the most ironic part? I could put this clip that you just had of a video next to last year's clip when they played LSU at the last game of the season, and think about the difference of what we were oh saying. God. Last year we were going, oh, you know you know what they're going to do? They're going to go undefeated, and they're going to find a way to lose to LSU to headless, at home. To a headless LSU headless team. Headless LSU team that had won maybe two games that entire year. Yeah, I think they were – no, they might have been playing for a bowl. A they couple like of five them. and five okay, and but six they were, it, but like, I mean, they were average. Coach they were, o was already gone He was already – yeah. So it was like we – the difference between that and then this season going, oh, Dude, oh no, I A&M's just going to get pummeled by this LSU team that's number five in the nation, and then they go and win it. Like, I don't – just no do more, there's no, what you're supposed to – win the games that you're supposed to win. There's no more <laughs> confounding team in Texas than A&M. Yeah. No more confounding team. The talent is very clearly there. And, like, I sh- – like – it, like this, all that did was just like, what if? Like mm-hmm. that whole game, I was just thinking, what if? What if? Anyway, great win for AM, a huge, important win for them heading into the offseason. Number two. You know, a bit of an elephant in the room question here. Will you be back next year? You know, I, I, again, those are out of my con, out of my control. And, you know, the thing, like, I haven't been told anything, you know, and, and, what I do is I just show up every day and I just worry about what I can do. I always talk about one play at a time, one day at a time, and that's what I, that's the approach I have, and that's what the approach all college coaches really have. And, you know, I, I'll, right now nothing's been said, and I'll wake up tomorrow and get back to work for the Bobcats. Jake Spavitol fired at Texas State. Um, after four years there at the helm of the Bobcats, he is out. It came down on Black Sunday. Um, they finished 4-8 and eight this year. He went 13-35 and 35 in his four seasons there. We'll have longer conversations about each program in the offseason, and it'll be a long offseason there. Obviously, the coaching search uh, is going on. There's a great piece by Mike Craven kind of outlining some, some candidates for, for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, Which sounds like they could be deciding on quickly. It sounds like they might move quickly on this. Cause, they hired because the transfer portal Because the think. transfer portal opens up pretty soon, and so mm-hmm. they need to be active in the transfer portal. I think that priority one for whoever takes over this job is to is to work on repairing relationships with Texas high school football coaches. So, uh, I want to I want to start with this. I like Jake Spavital personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we've always had great conversations with him and always enjoyed his company. And I think he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he he 
the way that he went about the business of really relying on the portal as opposed to um, recruiting high school mm-hmm. was a high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was high risk thing. Yeah, because being honest, it very well could have worked out. It could have worked. Could have he could have been the the pioneer of that style of bringing kids in. It was unfortunately for him. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. It it, it was high risk. Mm-hmm. Which we as high school football people, sure I feel like certainly we're, we're biased. Yeah, we were very biased we're a against biased. it, and we're going. What? But, why would you pass up on this kid? But, but it could have worked. It could have worked. It could have worked. In a lot of ways, he was zigging while they while they zagged. There is also a bigger conversation to be had about Texas State structurally mm-hmm. and Texas State the program and why Everett Withers went seven and twenty nine there and why Jake Spavital went fourteen and, and uh, fourteen and uh, uh, what thirteen thirty five. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they are absolved of blame, but there are bigger systemic issues we got to talk about. As I can say, they just hired a new president that seems to actually be pushing athletics, which uh, that could help. We'll have Ishmael Johnson here at some point to have like a real candid conversation about it. Yeah. But um, I think Texas State can be a good job. I don't know if it's a good job right now. No. That's my hot take on it. And um, it will be very interesting to see which way that they go as far as like you hear this all the time about like when you break up with a girlfriend, you always go and date somebody who's completely, completely different. Uh, completely different. Yeah, that's a Mike they Craven went, analogy special. They went with the young coordinator uh-huh. i wonder if they go with a more established veteran yeah who was a head coach at some right. point i won yeah i won anyway that's number two number one they do snap it it's play action he goes over the top to the end zone and a touchdown spivey from Garrett Riley. Look at the big tight end, Spidey. He's going to come in and sell block. Block, 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 right? Nope. Right behind you. And again, if you're a head coach, is Sonny Dykes an experienced guy? TCU, well, TCU leaves no doubt in perfect finale versus Iowa State. They win 62-14. to The only way this was going to go sideways for TCU is if they let Iowa State hang around. And I think it's fair to say they did not let them hang around. They go for it on fourth and two there. They score They, they score uh, Max Duggan touchdown pass to uh, Giorquarius Spivey. And at that point, it was essentially academic. They were Iowa State was never going to threaten them. They run on to a 24-0 first quarter lead, and it was over. Um, and they had two pick sixes in the game. Defense played really well. Um well, defense came up with big plays. I thought the defense played okay, but the defense came up with big plays specifically. Um, and now it's on to the next one. The, do they, it. They, they got go they, like it. they avoided the trap. Yep. They're a lot better than Iowa State. A lot better than Iowa State. There was no excuse to lose that game, and they didn't. They went out there and they did what they should. Now I got to take on a Kansas State team that is anxious for another PCA. And with and if, everything hanging in the balance. I was just going to say, everything literally everything hangs on this game. Because if you do it, as much as we like to say sometimes, like the college football playoff committee and their decisions that they make and who gets in and all that stuff, there will be a legitimate they're uproar. No, they're every, not. They're like not they, keeping they out. They can't. They're not keeping out an unbeaten. No, power they five literally cannot. They're not. So they're not. go they do it, TCU. This was different. This is this is a different conversation if they're still in the Mountain West. Yes. This is not a conversation here. They're a big. They would be an unbeaten Power Five conference champion. Man. Yep, in one of They'd the top three, top four conferences. Yeah. Right. So it's all in front of them. 
Got to do it. It's all in front of them. Got to do it. Find out exactly how Time it plays out. Time for Max Duggan to put on the cape. Saturday morning. Be fun. Anyway, there's your five biggest moments of the college football weekend. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. Today is Tuesday. Tuesdays! And as a result, we like to go to the phone and call our friend Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. You hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday, along with Jeff Howe on Light the Tower. And you can see him on High School Scoreboard Live Saturday night, 11 o'clock, with myself and Aaron Hardigan on Ballet Sports Southwest. Craig, how does today find you? Well, you know, uh, today is supposedly Giving Tuesday. Mm. So I'm happy to give to you all that I can and all that I am for this fair segment you wow. have lined up. Wow. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for your for your ongoing courage in dealing with us. <laughs> um, okay. We're through to the regional final round of the Texas high school football playoffs. But I look back, and you asked me a similar question on um, on your show earlier today, but looking back at the regional semifinals – I would say that in a lot of ways that felt like a precursor to this week in the sense that for the most part, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, shockers aside, it was more or less what we expected from the regional semifinals kind of leading up to what feels like a real culmination this week. Is is that it? Do you share that read of what we've seen uh, last week and, and now heading into this week? I do. And and the other thing that comes to mind about this is that the teams that pulled off shockers have done enough to make you take note of them by the same token. I don't know that they did enough to make you say they're going to do it again. Now it could, it, it, it definitely could happen, but I think the, the ones who uh, are favored, the ones that the computer favors a little bit are probably well positioned. And, and I think it's also because we've got, become accustomed to seeing the teams that look the part advance to this level. We, we become accustomed to seeing Denton Geyer, South Lake Carroll, Katy, Westlake, North Shore. Uh, you know, th- those are just a few of those. Uh, you know, that we've become accustomed to seeing Longview advance, Carthage, obviously. So, 
we're expecting those teams to advance. But the beauty of, of the six-week run to crowning state championship, or as we're calling it on our telecast on Valley Sports Southwest, the road to the championship, it's got some bumps in it, and there have been some surprises. So wouldn't be shocked if anything happened this week now that we're four rounds deep in. But although it does kind of remind me a little bit of, of what we always heard about how CBS like with the NCAA basketball tournament. They loved having those upsets and the Cinderella's in the first two rounds, and then they both expected and hoped to see the Blue Bloods advance. I think we might expect, I don't think we hope for any one specific team to go past another unless you graduated from Lano High School. So, uh, you know, with that in mind, I think we're just we're looking for the best games we can see. And I think we've got a, uh, quite a handful of them coming up here in the regional finals. Um, I do want to go back to, to one game that you and I became intimately familiar with on Friday night, and that was Carthage's 28-7 win over Gilmer. Um, you and I were on the call on Valley Sports Southwest. Um, Carthage took a 14-0 lead into halftime. Uh, Gilmer cl- uh, clawed within 20- uh, 14-7 before uh, Carthage pulled it away and won 28-7. Um, when you when you take a look back at that game and and what that says, what we saw from from Carthage specifically, I'll just ask you straight out: Did that look like the best team in four A Division two to you? It did. Yeah, a- and 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 they were methodical and kind of you know cold and and heartless the way that they go about <laughs> dispatching their opponents. And I'll give Gilmer a great deal of credit. You can tell that. It's an extremely talented and well-coached team. You could also probably surmise uh, that if Caden Tennyson had been healthy, if, if, if I think it definitely would have been closer, but I think Carthage probably would have emerged. We'll never know. Uh, it, it was a 14-7 ball game early fourth quarter, remember, and Gilmer had the ball and then had the turnover right back, and then that was it where, where – uh, I think the Bulldogs just kind of put their foot on the throat at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they beat the number two team in the state, and they did it by 21 points. So it does look like them and the rest of the group. But, again, there's still three weeks to go. We'll see. And I think the, I think they could get a test from Pleasant Grove this week, if only in that mm-hmm. Josh Gibson's ball club. No, it, it's the devil you know. They know each other really, really well. and they Now, that's both a blessing and a curse. But at least you know what you have to deal with. Talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, there are 12 rematches in the regional final round this week. 12 games that we've already seen once. Uh, I'm going to run down three games that were decided by one score or fewer. And I want to hear which one you think has the best chance of having the reverse uh, winner. Okay, does that, that make sense? I, I, I think I yep. explained. Okay. Is it North Shore and Atascacita, which was a 16-13 North Shore win back in Week 10? Is it Vandegrift and Dripping Springs, which way back in Week 1, Drip beat Vandy 23-20? Or is it Wimberley and Lago Vista, where Wimberley got a 31-28 win over the Vikings in Week 10. Which of those three do you think we could see the other team return the favor when it counts the most? You cruel, heartless bastard. I, I mean, that's just <laughs> how you are, you know. Uh, I'm just, you know, you try to do this to me every week. Well, at last, you 
succeeded. Uh, no, I, I think that they're all great matchups. All are certainly capable of flipping the other way. If if it were me, probably back in the corner, it might be the 6A game, the one that we're going to call Friday night on Valley Sports Southwest uh, between North Shore and Atascacita, if only because – uh, you know, banged up players. You get to this point late in the season, and uh, you know, uh, North Shore is definitely without Caleb Bailey. He's not. He's not there, and and done for the year. Not only that, David Amador is is uh, is nursing a sore shoulder, but but he could play at uh, quarterback or could be at receiver. Doesn't matter with him really because he's a Swiss Army knife and can go anywhere on the field that you need him. Uh, but but also, and this was a question that I asked John Kay this morning: When you have a rematch like this, is there any advantage? Again, he goes, I don't know that there's advantage. He said, I've never liked them mm. because. You not only if won the first one, uh, the old thing about beating a good team twice, and Atasca seat is a very good team. So a there's that, but b he said you're always kind of caught in this in this sliding scale of this much worked really well the first time. Do we stay the course with that, or do we change up things? Those are the kinds of things that they have to consider. Then I think the same thing holds true for Craig Stump's ball club as well. These things work. We stay with this or this didn't work. We need to change this. So I think for all of that, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Could go the other way. But Wimberley Lago was, you know, like you said, it was a one score ball game and Lago to be in their first season uh, in uh, in 4A in 4AD2 has really accorded themselves well. I just think Wimberley is playing extremely at a high level. That code red defense has just been shutting down opponent after opponent. So I think that's that's probably one that really I, I think it may well. And then with Drip and Vandy, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, it's August 27th, way back when they play. Um, could it be different? Yeah. Vandegrift's defense has played much better than than after that first week and that so is the uh, not only the quarterback play with Brady Buchanan we knew he'd be good but they're they're finding other targets as well I think that game has a chance to be to use your term a little more pointsy mm-hmm. than the first one the 23-20 ball game it could be a 31-28 34-31 kind of football game and could go either way so they're really really good and all three could fall into that category when you take a look over at the uh, the teams that are left there are 88 uil texas high school football teams that are still playing who's the cinderella who's the team that you know whether it be just getting hot in the playoffs or just or even from your own preseason expectations or things like that right now of those 88 teams that are left Who's the team that you would identify as maybe the biggest surprise, the biggest Cinderella left? Well, I've been saying Anna all season long, yeah. but they, but they're they kind of just it, it's it's kind of like they've outgrown the glass slippers and and just put on big old you know combat. They've gone through people. They've been they've been incredibly impressive. Now, beating beating a team like China Spring. Uh, they go right back to the Cinderella status that they pull this off. Mm-hmm. I would say that. And you pointed out Wichita Falls, which I think is a great example there uh, in old High's case of being able to turn it on. And that's a rematch with Decatur, like you said, was a good ball game the first time around. And then, and then I think you also, uh, 
you know, uh, pointed out harmony. I'm over there in East Texas over by Gilmer taking on Newton, uh, a team that was 5-5 five and five in the regular season. I think all of those kind of fall into that category. I think Harker Heights is a little bit in that category as well. And uh, they're, they're just so big and strong and physical mm-hmm. that they've been able to kind of push – the other teams back a little bit. That's going to be quite the push for them this week, uh, taking on DeSoto. Finally, Craig, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out three games for you. Now, these are all three. Both, they are matchups of unbeatens, because there's eight of those this week. And I think they are maybe not the headliners. So, like, I'm not going to put Denton Geyer and Carroll in this one. I've got three relatively, I mean, there's only 44 games, three relatively under-the-radar matchups of unbeatens, and you can teleport to one of them. Do you go 7.30 p.m. Friday night at the Rock Pile in San Antonio as Bernie takes on Corpus Christi Cal Allen? Do you go 7 o'clock Friday night to Burleson Stadium to watch Toller and Crawford? Or do you go 6 o'clock Saturday to early Texas to watch the Abbott Panthers and the Erion County Hornets in a state semifinal. Which of those three are you teleporting to? Well, you know what you've done there? You've listed three games where the -the under-the-radar team is is in a real prove-it-to-me-once-and-for-all mode to get to the Final Four. Going in reverse order of what you're talking about, uh, Erion County, uh, I don't think folks expect that now you really get a chance to prove yourself once and for all, do you belong as you take on the number one team of the state in Abbott? So there's there's one. Um, the second one, what was the second one you mentioned? Toller and Crawford. Yes, Toller and Crawford. Again, a prove-it game for Toller. Uh, what is it? What do you guys say? Snake, snake what, farm. What's your snake? snake farm. Snake farm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and against a Crawford team that we've been saying all year long is good enough to at least play for and play in the 281 championship, if not win the thing. Some folks in Hawley may have something to say about that, or Cisco, and then certainly on the southern end of the bracket with Shiner or Furio. But Toller, that's a real prove-it-to-me uh, type of game. And uh, and then the, uh, the last one you mentioned at the Rock Pile is, I think, the once-and-for-all for Bernie, because Cal Allen has been the standard-bearer for decades, let alone just years. I've believed in this Bernie team all season long. Uh, been uh, talking about them on the show. Uh, and, and this is this is the real prove-it-to-me moment for the Greyhounds if they get it done. So I, I like all three of those prove-it-to-me situations to see if the team can advance. And I think of the three, if I were to pick one game to attend, it would probably be the one at the Rock Pile. It would be Bernie Cal Allen to see if Bernie truly – can get over that big maroon hump that comes up from the bay. He's Craig Way. He's Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Uh, join him, right, listen to him on the Horn in Austin every uh, weekday, uh, along with Jeff Howe and Light the Tower. Listen to him uh, and hear him on High School Scoreboard Live Friday or Saturday night, rather, on Bally Sports Southwest. Craig, appreciate your time. Quick, Lano or Edna? Uh, it, it's. Uh, I was going to ask you if you were in that pickle caravan headed down to. Uh, San Marcos, you know, if you were if you're going to head down there, great matchup, mm-hmm. slight edge to the Jackets. Sting them. Totally agree. Totally agree. He's Craig Way. Appreciate you, bud. We'll talk to you uh, later this week. All right. You there bet. He goes. Craig Way, the Texas Football Hall of Famer.
joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. I, I suppose. I suppose we will have him. We could probably have him. Uh, well, I don't know. Are we going to do a show? Let's just produce on the fly cool. two weeks ahead. Are we going to do a show on the Tuesday before state? No. We usually got to pack stuff up. Yeah, we're usually packing yeah. up and delivering because we've got to. The issue is going way in the weeds is we're only allowed to get into the stadium at a certain time. Yeah. And most of the time it's too early for us to do a show. Yeah. Monday's usually our big state preview, preview show. Yeah. So, I mean, if Craig was available on Monday. Maybe we will. Who knows? Anyway, we appreciate Craig Wayne hopping on with us. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Dairy Max. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to team up with Dairy Max to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches Put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Ball staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year. So decided at season's end. Your Week 14, the final edition of the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Carthage Defensive Coordinator Darren Preston facing a high-powered Gilmer off, uh, attack. The Buckeyes suffoc- or Bulldogs rather, suffocated the Buckeyes in a 28-7 victory. Dripping Springs defense coordinator Marte Amrine, uh, the Tigers, stifled Harlingen for all four quarters in route to a 45-0 victory. Denton Geyer offense coordinator Jordan Johnson, the Wildcats attack continued its toward pace, racking up 520 yards total offense in a 59-41 win over Byron Nelson. And finally, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff offense coordinator Brian Baker, quarterback Jaden Palseo, uh, uh, Paul, yeah, Pelusio, rather, uh, threw for 315 yards and seven touchdowns to pace a relentless Hornets attack and a 66-42 win over San Antonio Veterans Memorial. So those are your Week 14 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Okie dokie, Pickle. Another one. It's time to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Of course, you can tweet us your plays at hashtag DCTFTop10. We will gather them all up and compile them into a top 10 presented by our friends at Body Armor. Without further ado, here it is, the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. They'll bring Cartwright in motion. Fake the handoff. Brisbane set. Looks deep down the middle. Throwing deep. Got Miller in stride. That's a touchdown for Tigers. He catches it about the 25. All night. All night. And second down and two. Katie with no timeouts remaining. Play action, Coker. Looks to throw, back at the end zone. Carter makes the catch as he inbounds. Touchdown. <laughs> Handed off to him on the first play, finds a hole. First down, the whole lot more. There he goes. On the first play from scrimmage, Rashawn Sanford takes it 81 yards to the house. Gets the call. Drops back to pass, has time, has paint, end zone, touchdown, Atascacita! Didn't score less than 55 as he hits Hale over the middle. Jalen Hale gets out of a tackle. Hale now bouncing to the far side. Jalen Hale will score again. Touchdown, Longview Lobos. And the Vulture 37 to begin the new drive. Sinelik. Fires near side, pass caught, and getting slung down and gets out of a tackle inside the 20. Touchdown, Smithson Valley. How about that? 
Van Zandt on first down. Gives it off to Isaiah Ross. And Ross is slung down. He lost the ball. And then it goes to Demarion Van Zandt. Van Zandt's going to score. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Fake it. Going to throw over the top, trying to drop one in the corner. Banks catches it. And another touchdown for Banks. As a very run-heavy package. Southlake Carroll will stack the box. Keldrick Luster will hand it off to his man. And it's a fake pass over the middle. He got his man. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, McKinney Lions. What a play. Now Williams to the shotgun. Takes it. Three, four, five-step drop. Flush and left. Looking to throw. Middle of the field. Oh, oh, look at this. Holy cow. Four people touched. I'm going to let you. Amari and Elam picks it up on the interception. He's down. Got blockers. Cuts back to the 10. Touchdown, baby. Touchdown, Tigers. Yes. There it is, your Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. If you've got a play that you think should be in the DCTF Top 10, use hashtag DCTF Top 10. One last thing to do today, Mademoiselle Pickle, and that is to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach honored with this, uh, each coach awarded with this special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week... 14. 14. Thank you. Last and final. Thank you. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Top uh, Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Galen Zimmerman from Dripping Springs. In their first season as a 6A program, Coach Zimmerman's Tigers have shown have more than shown that they are ready to compete at the state's highest levels, improving to 12-1 with a dominant 45-0 win over Harlingen. In 5A, James Brown from Mansfield Timberview. Coach Brown has the Wolves into the regional final for just the second time in school history after taking out Frisco Reedy 28-26. In 4A, Steve Campbell from Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. It's never easy to replace a legend, but Cal Allen's first-year head coach, Steve Campbell, is doing an incredible job. So Wildcats improved to 13-0 and advanced to the regional finals with a 31-17 win over Somerset. In 3A, Jamie Driscoll from Malakoff. Coach Driscoll has the 12-1 Tigers back in the regional finals after a dominant 35-14 win over state-ranked West on Friday night. In 2A, Rod Castorena from Cooper. Coach Castorena has the Bulldogs unbeaten in the regional finals for the first time since 2013 after a dominant 33-11 win over Joaquin. In 1A, Jeremy Holt from Whit Harrell. In his first season at the helm of the Panthers, Coach Holt has Whit Harrell in the 1A Division II state semifinals with a grinding 34-20 win over perennial powerhouse Balmeray. And the private school ranks Philip Hudgens from Austin Hill Country. Fueled by six combined touchdowns from Ethan Howard and Riverson Shaw, Coach Hudgens and the Knights toppled defending state champion Houston Emery Weiner 58-54 in the TAPS Division I six-man state semifinals. So those are your Week 14 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thanks for what you do for your schools, communities, and players. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And now we go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, so we mentioned it earlier, but we're doing something cool tonight. It is uh-huh. the, we're giving out the inaugural Dave Campbell's Texas Football True Texan Team Award. Mm-hmm. So basically they went through, our college football nerds went through, and they added it up. They took a look at every single uh, Texas college roster, and they saw who had the most former Texas high school football players on their roster. Mm-hmm. And the winner of the inaugural True Texan Team Award is the North Texas Mean Green. How about that? Ka. Um, 78% of the roster for North Texas is former Texas high school football players. The two teams that came in second were UTSA and Texas. They were tied at 76%. Mm-hmm. But the cool stat here is that six of the 12 FBS teams in Texas have a roster made up of at least 70% 
former Texas high school football players. That's good stuff. That's really cool. So, uh, well, I guess I can say, too, Mallory Mallory will be the one presenting it on the Seth Luttrell radio show tonight, so she'll be joining Dave Barnett and Hank Dickinson. If you want to listen to Mallory's presentation, you can go to the Varsity Network app and listen to Mallory do that. She'll be on the radio. Yeah, it'll be probably about 610, 6.15, I think, but the show starts at 6. Very cool. Very cool. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to the Hall of Famer, Craig Way, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper of Vince Young. Please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.